You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I'll be sharing some bite-sized brain science, thought-provoking questions, and mind-bending ideas about how our brains work, change, learn, and adapt, and how we can use the knowledge emerging from the field of neuroscience to open up new possibilities and make the progress we want in all areas of our lives. Hey there, welcome along. Tell me, do you ever think about what your legacy will be? Or how to balance purpose and success? Well, today I'm talking to Rob Cook. Rob is the host of the Contenders Wanted podcast, and he is on a mission to use his talents to bring us stories and examples of people who found that sometimes elusive balance between life, success, and our impact on the world and people around us. Hey, Rob, how are you? I am doing great, Deirdre. How are you? I'm super, thank you. And it is really nice to have you here. I know it's really early for you, so thanks for getting up to do this with me. Ah, not too bad. Happy to do it. <laughs> so, Rob, really interested in the what's the whys and the wherefores of you and your podcast and your philosophy and the career that's kind of backing all this up, I guess. So is it okay if we talk a little bit about that? And Of course. I suppose, you know, just just trying to dig into, you've built the career, um, you've got all that going on, you've got, you seem to have the life balance. It's like you spotted everybody else kind of falling over the cliff and you, you, you caught that one. So where does the podcasting fit in for you? Where does this project that you've created, um, Contenders Wanted, come into it all? Great question. Contenders Wanted was honestly a project that's been kind of years in the making. Um, the impetus behind starting it was COVID, like so many other people. Um, as you referenced, I do my podcast as kind of like my side hustle, my passion project, however you want to describe it. But it was born from a need to do business development uh, originally in my day job. By day, I work as a financial advisor, financial planner. I'm a certified public accountant and a certified financial planner here in the United States. I all my securities license, insurance license, all that sort of stuff that you need to, to kind of work in that space and, and be competent, in my opinion. Um, but when COVID hit, a lot of the traditional ways in which we would do business development, whether that be in-person events, dinners, things like that, were immediately shut down. And so many of us in our industry were forced to figure it out. Now, I was fortunate that I have had technology in my life my entire life, so technology wasn't too scary and going online wasn't scary. Um, and so I went and started doing a bunch of research around what are the best options to try and connect with people, to build a brand, to make connections in a digital world. And one of those options was a podcast. And I have always loved podcasts. I've listened to them long since long before they were ever popular. In fact, I was listening to them probably 2010, which I know, you know, podcasts really didn't even become a thing until the early 2000s and really haven't even become popular until probably 2018. Um, so I've been a very long time listener of podcasts and I've always kind of wanted my own. People had said that I had a good radio voice and I always thought, well, one day I'll, I'd love to start a podcast, but I never knew what my topic would be. Uh, and that is the piece that kind of has been a long time in the making. 
I've always loved personal development. I've loved stories of success. I've, I love learning what is the blueprint that people use. I'm a very analytical mind. Being a CPA, math has always been my thing. A plus B equals C, right? And so I always saw the world from the perspective of, okay, they did this plus that plus that got them this result type of thing. And so naturally, as I was trying to figure out what is the topic that I should talk about, I was like, well, let's talk about personal development and success. And I mean, I'm, I'm a young guy growing a book of business. I wouldn't consider myself uber successful by any means, but I'm working there, uh, you know, piece by piece. I'm sure there's other people that are in the same spot in the journey. Let's all work together to get there. And so I started just interviewing successful individuals. But a funny thing happened as I just got going on the podcast. As I started having conversations with people, I noticed a consistent trend. There were certain guests and certain topics that really seemed to resonate with the audience and actually resonated with myself personally. And th those were always topics around this idea of work-life balance, of understanding how to put first things first as it pertained to a career or a business or an investment or a hustle, side hustle, whatever it might be, as you're searching for your definition of success. And people just seem to eat it up. And as I reflected on that, I realized that this was a consistent theme in my own life. I had grown up in a family where my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He had worked very, very hard, had created a financial freedom for he and my grandmother and had therefore been able to have certain opportunities for our family. Um, we weren't uber wealthy by any means, but my grandparents were comfortable. They had, I guess you could say sufficient for their needs um, so that they were able to give back to both their family and to their community in meaningful ways because they had enough. And so as a kid, I worked every summer with my grandfather uh, on his property and on various projects that he had going on around town. And we would have conversations all the time in the truck together as we were driving to and from. And as we we're sitting there at Carl's Jr. having a hamburger and fries, because that was my favorite thing. And he would always take me there for lunch. And... <sighs> It was in those moments in the truck that we had some of the first conversations where I felt like my grandfather talked to me about money and finance and success and life as if I was an adult. I was only you know, 12 to say 14 at the time, but those are some of the very first conversations that I remember around that topic. And they were very impactful. And there, was, there were many little kind of pithy sayings that he taught me in those times that I, to this day, carry with me. What are they? Yeah. So my family, uh, our faith is very important to us. So one of them that immediately comes to mind is, uh, Rob, the Lord helps those who help themselves. Not saying that you, you know, that we don't rely on grace or that the, you know, the Lord isn't there to always, you know, catch us when we're falling. But, but we found more often than not that the, a lot more grace comes when you are working, <laughs> when you're moving in the right direction, right? Yeah. God loves a trier. <laughs> so it, it was stuff like that. That, that he would he would kind of talk about with me and show me real applications to real life. And my parents are wonderful and they taught us a, a lot of these things too, but it was just mm -hmm. different being in the truck with grandpa one-on-one. -on -one. And I realized as I grew older, as I got busy in high school and started looking around and seeing my friends' parents, as I got into college and I looked at my professors or I looked at other professionals who we interacted with 
that there was a difference. There were some groups who had no balance. There were some groups who didn't put first things first and the impact that that had on their lives. And then there were others who did. And so I I just noticed this difference and I I told myself, I want to be in that other group. I want to be like my grandfather. I want to build something and be able to give back and have a meaningful legacy to give to my family and to other people around me. But I don't want to do it at the expense of those things that matter most. And so as I noticed my Mm -hmm. guests were picking up on the same thing, I just went all in on that principle because I looked around and I realized that so many of the success gurus out there don't, nothing against them. They're great people and some of them teach great things. Like for example, uh, Tony Robbins, I'm reading one of his books right now. I think some of the stuff that he teaches is just so impactful and it's so powerful and has the ability to change people's lives for sure. However, he doesn't know what it's like to be a young dad trying to build a business. Yeah, he had a family, quote unquote, but he got divorced while he was trying to build his business. He had two kids that he kind of got disconnected from for a long time. And it wasn't until later that he then really reestablished those relationships. Or Grant Cardone is another great example. I love what the guy teaches about real estate and cash flowing properties. But if you look at his life, he didn't get married until he was 45 and didn't have his first kid till he was 50. I'm 33 years old and I've mm. got one little girl and hopefully a lot more to come. Hopefully by the time I'm 45, my little girl's almost going off to college. That's a totally different world and environment in which you're attempting to try mm. and create success. It requires a totally different skill set than being a single person, just being able to blow through it and just go all in all the time. And so my show... and began out of this desire for just business development to connect with other very successful people and kind of grow my book of business, but very quickly turned into this platform where I feel is my duty to be a voice out there of saying, Hey, there is hope. If you feel buried by life, if you feel like you can't, you don't have the time, the energy, the resources, whatever it might be to be able to be successful because you've just got so many people with so many demands in your time, whether that be family, work, faith, organizations, whatever it might be, my job is to be a a source of inspiration and tools. You can do it. Here's others who have. Let's take hope from their stories and let's pull the tools out of them so that we can then be successful in our own rights and go from what I call contender to champion in our lives. Yeah, that's amazing that I really, really love that, Um, Rob. Thank you. Uh, It's, it just seems like, you know, you, you have sort of hit on something here because we're sort of shown this. I, I know you're not a big social media user um, and, you know, you're maybe a, a little bit more restrained in, in that than others. But, you know, for, for people who are constantly sort of bathed in, <laughs> in social media, um, there's an awful lot of stuff coming at us, which is very much about, OK, I've done this, you can mm-hmm. do it too. But as you say, it's not always an even playing field. So we d- we do have this, I guess, need for an illustration of different ways. You know, it, it does seem like there's a, a very loud faction of what success means and what success is and, you know, will will sort of succeed by any mm. means necessary and whatever. But that that does destroy it lives, does. doesn't it? That's not a balance at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I saw this mm. firsthand when I worked in public accounting. I worked at a large multinational accounting firm um, called Ernst & Young. 
it's a it's a great firm, a lot of great people. I went there because I loved the people. But then I saw what was happening to both staff, everyone from staff up to partner as they worked these 80 plus hour weeks all the time in an attempt to have a good career. And I just looked at them and I thought, I don't want what you have. It doesn't matter if it was the staff through the partner. I said, there's got to be a better way. I mean, there were partners. It was kind of the joke that all of them at one point had been divorced all of them had lost their, their first families or they were never married. I uh, like, I, I, for example, there was a, one of my teams that I worked mm-hmm. on. I was one of two people married on the entire team of about 15 of us because most of the other people didn't have the ability to have a social life, even if they had wanted one because they were working so much. And mm-hmm. I said that that's kind of missing the point, isn't it? I mean, life is meant to have joy, to be lived, not to, be survived. And it felt like so many of the people that I was working with were just surviving, just hoping that they'd get that promotion or they'd get that paycheck or they'd get that opportunity and then life would change. And in my head, I said, that's not how it works. If you don't create it now, it's never going to actually become true. Yeah. That chasing, that constant pursuit of something rather than actually being here and now. I mean, it seems like there are just the, the theme that's come through in your podcast um, and this idea that there are people who have succeeded, who have created and defined their own version of success. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like there are a lot of doors to success that are largely unexplored. And, you know, there are a lot of keys to success as well uh, mm-hmm. that match those doors. And for people who are listening, they're maybe trying to achieve success with the wrong key and the wrong door. Where would you tell people to start looking? Where, what parts of their lives would you tell them to start um, thinking about to work out where they need to focus on to create the success that will, that will actually fulfill them? That is a great question because most people don't even think about that. Most people just latch onto the first version of success that they see or that comes to mind. And that's fine. That can be a great starting place. But at the end of the day, for success to be sustaining, it needs to be purposeful. Um, and this is something that I, I talk about quite a bit. Um, for those that are trying to figure that out, there are a host of different things. But in the most general sense, what you need is you need clarity on who you are. You need clarity on your purpose, whatever that might be. And you need clarity on your unique skill set or talents, abilities, however you want to describe it. And with those pieces, you can then determine what is the best path for you. Um, Mm -hmm. I recommend a host of different things to different people, whether they be, you know, legacy letters or value uh, tests or go take some personality exams or just take a poll of, of people who are close to you and who you, who love and care about you or whatever it might be, but you have to get clarity on who you are, what is important to you, what are your unique skills, and what do you feel like is an ultimate purpose for your life? Because if you can align all those things in one particular area, you'll find a version of success that is meaningful to you, that will give you 
the energy when times are tough, because let's be real, anyone who's trying to go for anything meaningful in their lives, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have difficulties, and sometimes the path might completely change on you. And that's okay. But if it's aligned with your purpose, if it's aligned with who you are as an individual, you are then going to find the grit that you need. You're going to find the energy that you need to pick yourself back up and to keep going when those setbacks come. Because it's not if, it's when. Everyone who is successful has a series of failures behind them. And that's okay. That's part of life. That's part of learning. Um, In fact, it means that you're moving down the path. (laughs) Um, Too many of us often run from them, right? But getting clarity on who (laughs) you are and what is actually important to you and then structuring your life and your version of success around that, that is how you figure it out, in my opinion. Mm. And to me, that is like um, having a GPS, right? Oh, so yeah. we, we, we know we've already, we've worked out where we're going and then all those little diversions are just, um, you know, we know we're going to get back on track. We know that we've still got, yeah. we've still got that, des- well, not necessarily a destination, but we know what we're going for. And I suppose that then leads us to legacy. This is a word you've used here already, um, which is a really interesting concept, isn't it? That, you know, we are leaving something, we're creating something that has an impact for the future as well. There's, um, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Kingdom of Heaven. There's a, there's a quote in this. I have which, not. Um, no, it's, it's quite a good one. Yeah. There's I'll a quote in it, it um, that comes back to me. <laughs> it's... um. There's a blacksmith and he's, his forge has burned down. Balian is the main character, but he says that there's this carving left on it. And it said, what is a man who does not make the world a better place? Mm. Which I thought was a rather beautiful quote. Um, so it stayed with me for a lot of years. But the um, the context of legacy, you know, we, we <laughs> there's something as well, I think, for people about this, you know, that we seem to have this go it alone attitude a lot of times. And of course, that is not always sustainable either. What would you say about the idea of legacy and our notions about independence versus interdependence or plain old dependence? There's a couple of different ways in which I feel like I could answer that question. Simply put, in my opinion, legacy is living a life worth living. And in order to do that, in my opinion, it has to be impactful, impactful, on other people. So there's always this interdependence on each other. The greatest fulfillment in life, in my opinion, is doing something that is truly of value for other people in whatever form that might be, whether that is you're a mom who stays at home in that traditional sense with her children and blesses their life like my mom did growing up because she was there and the many, many lessons that she was able to teach us. Or you're an entrepreneur and you build a business and you give something of value to the world and do so ethically and in a manner that, that really tries to bless people. You know, whatever it might be, legacy is living a life worth living for me. And whenever I think of legacy, I often think of the Disney movie Coco. Have you ever seen the movie Coco? I haven't actually. Okay. Now we've swapped movies. I'll have to watch that one. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, Coco is a, a beautiful movie about the Day of the Dead. It's a holiday celebrated here in, in South Central America where the, it is believed that your ancestors on the other side um, can come and effectively 
have some sort of communication with their ancestors here on this side. Okay. Well, in the movie, they talk about this idea of a second death. Because when you die, you go to the world, the, the land of the dead. But the last time that someone remembers you on this side, you die in the, again, the second death in the land of the dead. And in my head, that is what a legacy is. If, I mean, you know, setting theology aside, <laughs> just that concept, the idea of, hey, your legacy is what will outlive you. It's what will impact other people for generations to come. And the size of your legacy doesn't necessarily mean the amount of money you give or the amount of time you give, but it's measured in the impact that you make on the lives of other people that will then carry on. Like my grandfather is no longer here. Um, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. And although I miss him sorely, his memory lives on with me and all of my other cousins who I know spent time with him in a similar way. And so he has mm -hmm. not died that second death. His legacy lives on, even though one day the temporal and you know material aspects of his life might be gone. There are other things that will live on through us. Mm. Is there an example that you can think of offhand of someone who has um, left a legacy, aside from your, your grandfather, who has left a legacy that you see as making a, a big impact on the world? Well, I think that's the beauty of this idea of legacy being a life worth living is that it doesn't necessarily have to impact the whole world. It can just impact your small community. I think there are dozens of example, dozens of examples of people who have left significant legacies, uh, some with great wealth, some with very, very little wealth. Um, I mean, you can think of Andrew Carnegie and uh, J.D. Rockefeller. Those are traditional American capitalists back from the 19-teens who built empires of steel and oil. And, you know, setting aside your, your opinions about the, their businesses, we'll just say, no one can deny their philanthropic efforts, right? I mean, there are dozens of buildings and groups and peoples around the world that continue to benefit from the efforts of those two men who gave away so much of their wealth in their lifetime and later um, for the blessing and benefit of other people. And that's, a, that's an easy example of legacy, right? That's benefiting the world. Um, but it can just be a mom. Like I said, my mom, her legacy and the impact that it's having on us kids in our family, that is a mm -hmm. legacy in its own way. My grandfather, he's probably not going to impact more than the people in our family and the people in our community. Now there was quite a few people that he touched in our community, but I mean, I mean, it's not going to impact the whole world. Maybe as we continue to carry on those lessons to greater generations, but and a few more podcast episodes. Yeah, yeah maybe. It's going to get there. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I guess that, that what I'm trying to say here is legacy doesn't have to be worldwide. It just has to be meaningful in whatever definition that is for you. Super. Yeah, I think that's uh, wise words from one so young, Rob. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So that is actually that is we've kind of gone over and I, I have this feeling that we could probably keep going over um, and run a lot longer than we should on this. Um, but we'll maybe do it again sometime instead. Rob, um, I would, I'm going to put a link, obviously, because I would really like people to listen and find their own 
keys for the the doors that you open with your interviews on um, on the podcast. So definitely, guys, if you're listening, um, check out some of the amazing people that Rob has interviewed as well and um, find uh, find your inspiration for legacy creation. Rob, thank you so much for doing this with me today and um, really appreciate you, as I said, getting up so early to do it and being such an awesome guest. Well, it was honestly my pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment to say thanks for tuning into this episode of the Ambition Incubator podcast and just check to make sure you know that you can join me each week for a deep dive, dynamic, collaborative reading of some business classics. You'll find all the information you need when you register for free at ambitionincubator.com forward slash BBC. I'll see you there.